0: Okay.
1: to the podcast you are listening to let it out with me i'm your host katie delbow and this is my podcast where i talk to fascinating creative a really diverse group of people doing all sorts of things and we have these long meandering conversations where we talk about everything from what happens when we die to how they got doing the work that they're doing to family and relationships and food and our bodies and everything in between and this week's episode It's great, and I wanna get to it as quickly as possible. We have not one, but two guests, the founders and the entrepreneurs and the minds behind one of my favorite places in New York City that I've discovered, Springbone. It's this wonderful restaurant that you're going to hear all about in this episode. But the part that I think I maybe like best about the restaurant isn't the food, it's the people behind the food. Jordan and Sam, today's guests, are best friends, and they've been best friends since childhood. So we talk about what it's like working with your best friend from forever, and we talk about making the transition to entrepreneurship, going from working in finance and real estate to starting this restaurant. We talk about health benefits versus pleasure when it comes to food and eating and how they believe, and I also agree, that there shouldn't be a conflict between taste and health. We talk about wellness in every sense of the word. We talk about family and friendship and relationships and so much more. It's such a great episode. And like I said, want to get to it as quickly as possible. But a couple announcements first. Number one, thank you so much for listening. If you've been listening to the podcast forever, that's amazing. And I'm so grateful for you. I love doing this. It's my favorite thing I've ever done. I started this podcast in 2013 well before everyone and their brother had a podcast and I'm still doing it because I think podcasting is the new networking. It allows me to meet so many cool people from the guests to the listeners and that brings me to the first announcement. This week, if you're listening to this, the day comes out tomorrow, Thursday, November 30th from 6 30 to 7 30. I'm finally doing the first in New York City podcast listener meetup where we all get to Get together, hang out, hug, eat some good food together, and guess where it's going to be? It's going to be at Springbone, and it's going to be a blast, and today's guests, Jordan and Sam, are going to be there, as well as some other past podcast guests are going to be there, like, I don't know, should I tell you, should it be a surprise? Okay, well, Danny, who played Mark Cohen in the 20th anniversary tour of Rent, who is my friend and past podcast guest, is going to be there. Angie, who Feng shui'd my room, who has been on the podcast twice, some other guests might stop by, maybe Rachel from last week. You never know. It's going to be a mixed bag of a bunch of Let It Out alumni and listeners. And I think it's just going to be a really great time. So come by. It's going to be really chill. I have my books there. If you want to get your book signed or buy a copy for a friend for the holidays, they'll be there. We're going to have snacks and really great food that you can try at Springbone, I love it there. I think it'll just be a really fun time. Really chill, you know, stop by. I think it'll be great. So see you tomorrow, November 30th at 6.30 at Springbone. And weirdly, I have another event this same week, you guys. It's uh, just the way the cookie crumble. It seems strange to have two events just a couple days apart when I haven't had any for a really long time, but you know what? that's just how it happened so on Saturday again if you're listening to this the week it comes out December 2nd in the morning I'm going to be doing a live podcast recording at Divya's Kitchen in the East Village it's in my neighborhood and it's an Ayurvedic restaurant and I'm going to be interviewing the co-founders of that restaurant Divya herself who's written a cookbook and is the chef and also her partner I'm very very excited she's a really interesting story And I love Ayurveda, and I'm excited to learn more. I think it's going to be really great. And then after that episode, we're going to stick around and have brunch. And they're doing 20% off for listeners. So if you come to the podcast, you get 20% off brunch. I'm going to be staying for brunch. I think it'll be a great time. So first off, I'm going to see you all tomorrow at Springbow, and we'll hang out. And then again, we'll have brunch on Saturday. So if you're in New York or you want to come to New York quickly do it. I think it'll be great. And if you're new to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. I hope you stay and check out the archives. I'm almost on episode 200, which is crazy and so exciting. So check out the archives, stay. I hope you like it. I'm so grateful that I get to do this podcast, like I said. And a quick note about this episode. I had the weirdest technical issues with this episode. I haven't had knock on wood any problems with my new portable recorder except in this episode i did so you'll hear that the first part is pretty clear and then after i have to start recording on my phone with a special mic on my phone but unfortunately sam where he was sitting it was a bit quieter so we tried to bump up the volume as much as we could but just you know Give us the benefit of the doubt and hopefully you can hear it. And if you're confused, just uh, come to the meetup on Thursday and you could ask Sam himself anything you didn't hear. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really genuinely love meeting people who listen to the podcast. I'm so grateful to every single person and I would love to meet you and give hugs. So I hope that I can do that tomorrow and Saturday. Before we get to this episode, let's thank the sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Franklin and Whitman. They are my favorite plant-based, all-natural, preservative-free, cruelty-free skincare line. They have skincare, haircare, men's grooming products, even pet products. And what I love about them, in addition to their products being Wonderful. I use their skin serum every single night. I love their hair serum. I put it on the ends of my hair. They use a superfood as the first ingredient in every single one of their products. So think matcha, think cacao, think really great high quality oils. Anyway, all of that's great. But here's something I'm really proud of about this company they have a social mission that pledges to donate 5% of all their sales to dog rescue organizations across the country. I love Franklin and Whitman. I love Chris, their founder, who's done the podcast. You can go back and listen to that episode. All of their products have less than 10 ingredients. They keep it super simple. I love them. Thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast, Franklin and Whitman. If you want to check them out, use the code Katie at checkout for 20% off your order. Franklin and Whitman products are great as gifts this time of year or the gift of self-care to yourself. Use the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E for 20% off your order. Thank you, Frank and Witt. Thank you for listening. And speaking of gifts, tis the season. My annual, if you've been listening for a while, you know I've done this the last couple years, my annual gift guide. The Let It Out, Katie's Favorite Things. I say in my Oprah voice, gift guide is coming out. We've been working on it the last week or so, rounding up all of my favorite things and things I think you guys will love and discount codes. And I can't wait for you to have it. The link will be in the show notes for you to sign up you know to sign up; it just gets emailed to you. So, put your email in in the show notes, and also in the show notes you will find all of the info about tomorrow's meetup at Springbone, this weekend's meetup at Divvy's Kitchen, information about Frank and Wit, Springbone. Anything you need to know, all the links to anything that Sam and Jordan mention, if they mention a movie at the end or book or all of that, just so you know in the future and in the past retroactively. The show notes are a really great place to go. I feel like no one reads them and we spend a lot of time putting all the links in there so you don't have to write anything down on your phone if you're driving, eyes in the road if you're walking, pay attention to where you're going and just go to the show notes later. We've got all the notes of everything that was said there. Okay, now I'm finally going to get to the episode. This was way longer than I wanted to be as usual. I'll hopefully see you guys tomorrow in person and I'll talk to you at the end of the episode with this week's emoji.
0: excited to, you know, be publicized in your <laughs> podcast. It's a, it's a serious honor. so thank you. As
1: your biggest fan, I feel like I was so excited that day we got together to just be like, I feel like I discovered this place and I love it and I want everyone to know about it because it's so great. And then you were so nice to send me all those suggestions because I just moved to the city. No problem. And that was yeah. so nice. I,
0: I feel like I have this wealth of knowledge stored up from twenty five years so I'm happy to share it.
1: I know. Okay, so let's let's start there. So I it's I was thinking about it on the walkover. It like I said, it feels like not that long ago that we were together, but also it was a couple months ago. So Sam, you grew up in the city and Jordan you did too?
2: We basically, our childhood paths kind of were completely parallel. We were both born in the city on the Upper West Side. And then our parents coincidentally moved to the same suburb at the same time where our backyard's connected. Um, So we've, haven't been able to escape each other yeah
1: so you knew each other you were friends here when you were in the city and then when you moved to the suburbs we
0: we, we like I think we may have been like one summer in like a preschool thing together but we weren't like close friends okay but when we got to first grade in New Jersey we were in the same class and I'd say that's when we became like genuine friends
1: really so you were hanging out all the time as kids yeah and then you there
0: was like so our backyards connected and there uh was like a a rusty fence and it really felt like the sandlot like I had to climb you remember that rusty fence oh yeah had to like climb a rusty fence it was so scary and Jordan had a German shepherd who was completely untrained <laughs> he was actually like the most scary dog ever it's not just because I was a child he was out of control so like getting to Jordan's house required going over a fence making sure this dog didn't see me because he, <laughs> he would just attack you um, so yeah, but we, despite the challenges, we
2: hang out a lot.
1: Yeah. That sounds really traumatic. It must be, he must far. be like worth it getting over that rusty. Did you ever come to Sam or was it?
2: Yeah, it was easier. I was able to walk downhill. So okay. Was, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so your friends send, you, it really sounds like you, were, you grew up together and you're like more like brothers almost. Do you guys have brothers and sisters?
0: Yeah, we both have, I have two brothers so we both have two siblings.
1: Okay, so where do you fall on your. I'm the middle. I have an older brother
0: and younger brother. We're all sort of evenly spaced apart.
1: Okay, are you close with them? Yeah, very close. Are they in the city?
0: Um, they were both in the city up until this summer, and my little brother just graduated from NYU. Oh, cool. Now lives in D.C., he's okay. working on Capitol
1: Hill, so that's really cool. Very Going to cool. visit him in a few weeks. Nice. And my older brother lives in the city. Okay. Not far from where we and your other brother is right here at the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your third brother. So how about you? You have.
2: So I have two younger siblings. Okay. Uh, my brother is here mm-hmm. in the city, and my sister. She's uh, actually also my whole family uh, is in the city, and my sister also was like best friends with Sam's younger brother growing up. Oh, so there's uh-huh. a lot of. Yeah, we were, we were definitely family friends. Are your
1: parents still in the house by the rest of fence, The houses
2: not really my parents kind of moved back to the city a few years ago they're actually still trying to sell their house um so we spent some time there but they're not there full-time anymore okay yeah yeah and same same with and me.
1: maybe they've updated the fence the fence the fence, fence got fixed in grade. like third grade <laughs> oh, okay. that was a big change oh good yeah. that made your lives easier yeah. so your friends are elementary school do you remain friends in high school and keep hanging out yeah, and then you both go to college. Remind me, did you go to the same school? No, no. we, we you, went to different colleges. That's right.
0: Um, not that far apart, but I went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Jordan went to University of Pennsylvania in Philly. Okay. Um, yeah, we both. We, we, you know, we totally stayed in touch. I went to Philly a bunch of times, and I don't know if you know, University of Pennsylvania has like a wild weekend called Spring Fling, so I would always. Okay. Uh, go up for that, and Jordan came to Hopkins. We were going yeah for our like less, our less cool party weekend party <laughs> that was called uh, Spring Fair, something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. So you guys were really like best friends in like every sense of the word.
0: Yeah. So we took a summer trip together once. This was. This is as bromancey as it gets. Okay. (laughs) Couples retreat to Italy. I'm not kidding. Where we went to uh, the Barolo wine region.
1: Oh my god, this is my <laughs> okay. favorite thing
0: ever. And then we go to Triquil Terry, <laughs> which you can't get more romantic than that. And we're sitting having dinner by the Mediterranean Sea. Oh the Korean Sea to be. Just the, the two. Ones. This is not a double date. This is just no, the two of us. This is a single, single date. <laughs> the two of us sharing hotel rooms along the way. Okay. And it was it was a food it was a food trip. That was like a, the ostensible point of it. But it was very romantic. And Jordan had
2: raised the idea of like, why don't we like start a business? And we didn't really have a specific idea at the time. Is this when you in college or after you know, college? No, this was after college. Yeah, okay. At the time, Sam was working in investment banking. I was working in real estate. So very different careers from where right. we are now. Yeah, And it was just sort of like, you know, a couple glasses of wine in like,
0: come on, our jobs are like, they suck. Why don't we like do something more exciting, passion, yeah. work together? And I'm like, I've seen people do this where, like, best friends work together. Bad right. idea really can, like, jeopardize the friendship. Yeah. Stakes are too high. Not worth it. You should start something on your own. Um, fast forward a few years.
1: Oh, wow. So that... Yeah, this was, was this was
0: before Springbone Idea was planted at all. Wow, um, okay. I don't remember what the, if there was an idea at the time at that table. I think it was really just... Like, it was just was it?
2: let's think of something.
0: Yeah, it was <laughs> like we're sitting there, we've had, you know, a week of each other, you gotta like think of things to talk yeah. about. So we're talking about ideas for what business we could start. A few years later, Jordan then has the idea, bone broth cafe. Uh-huh. Uh, and again I was like, you yeah. know, I still had that idea that like it's not smart to work with friends. I was also dubious of the concept to begin with, that you yeah, know, this would be successful and whatever um then as like we kept going i sort of got a little more involved just as like a friend slash you know finance person helping with certain aspects of it and before i knew it i was having a good time and i was like i want to do this full time yeah. can i join can i join you <laughs> so the tables turned and uh jordan and then i was able to drive jordan a Jenner's, hard bargain and it was yeah which i was like well maybe i'll let you in and Fast forward a couple more years, and now we have a restaurant. Okay, so
1: I want to go go back a little bit more and pick up on some of the things you said. So you're on that trip to Italy. At that time, both of you, you're in investment banking, you're in real estate, and you are you guys happy in those jobs? Are you relatively, like, okay? Like, what what's kind of your career mindset of where you are? Are you wanting something new?
2: Yeah, speaking for myself, I... You know, I was happy in life, but I wasn't, I felt kind of lost career wise. I had kind of fallen into, into real estate development just because it was a job I could get that, okay. you know, that like paid, paid reasonably well, but it wasn't, it was never something I was passionate about, but I didn't really know yet what I wanted to do. So there was no, there was no itching. It was itching to do something, but right. I just didn't know what that was yet. Um, so that's kind of where I started the conversation I said let's brainstorm. Let's think of something because you know, I know I know I don't want to do this yeah. um, And it took another couple of years to really figure that out what I did want to do, but at the time it was more existential <laughs> yeah.
1: To, yeah, and and what about you with finance? Is that something you always wanted to do? Like definitely a not time? something
0: I always wanted to do. I was very against the idea in college of going to finance yeah. I saw a lot of people doing it and I was Actively like saying I'm not going to have any part in this, and I actually almost joined the army out of college. That was um, a whole other story, but ended up not doing that. Um, And then made a complete reversal. Was like, okay, finance is a smart move. It's a good first step, and I was sort of taking that stable, safe path. And I was happy. I wasn't unhappy at all, actually learned a lot. I'm very glad I did it still. Um, and I would say I didn't get into this business as a way of like getting out. It was more that this was just so exciting and I was like, I want to be in on it. And then now that I'm doing it and have this totally different lifestyle, you know, entrepreneurship, I've actually found that I really love it, but I didn't Mm -hmm. expect to want to be an entrepreneur. That wasn't the point yeah or
1: what's interesting is that with real estate and finance both two really crucial things for the business you run now yes. it's like that I, this always comes up on the podcast when I'm talking to people but it's like that Steve Jobs quote of you can't connect the dots moving forward only going back and these things that you never would have thought were beneficial to your business are like super crucial so, why food and why bone broth? What, how did that idea come? But Maybe we should start back in Italy. Were you guys both big foodies? Is that why you wanted to go to Italy in the first place?
2: So, Sam's definitely the foodie of the two of us. Um, I love food, but I, I wouldn't say I'm quite as driven by it. But kind of the genesis of the bone broth and and this restaurant idea was I I had become kind of a health nut towards the end of college. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just something that I was experimenting with and, you know, eating a certain way or exercising a certain way, how it would make me feel differently. Um, And I fell in love with it kind of as just a hobby um, while I was still working in real estate. And I never really, you know, especially in Italy, I remember because I kept complaining that Sam was making me eat a ton of pasta. I was (laughs) like
0: we're in Bologna this is the home of like literally went in Rome, like <laughs> you, you, you have <laughs>
2: to have the spots and he's like, fine. <laughs> so I was really, I know I was into it by then because of that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I still wasn't at the point where I thought, you know, this, I can make a career out of this because there's yeah. just so many ways to, to tackle that. And I didn't have a single idea that was like the kernel of, wow, this is great. Yeah. And I guess over the next couple years that, that, Kind of interest just continued to blossom and continued to weigh on my conscience. Where I was like, I'm really so into this. I need to figure out some way to like make this a bigger part of my life. Um, and that was when I started brainstorming specific ideas of, of yeah. what can work and how we originally, you know, kind of came up with Springbone.
1: So when you say so into this, you mean more on the wellness side of things. Yeah,
2: they're just the wellness, like wellness as a lifestyle. Yeah,
1: um, that's really interesting too. With the two of you, that connection between you know, the place you have now with taste and health benefits coming together in such a great way. It really kind of speaks to the partnership of you two with you being totally the foodie agree. and you yeah. having like whenever, the push of
0: whenever we're like thinking about a new menu, item, yeah. we basically need to like pass both tests and yeah. I defer to Jordan on, you know, if like I obviously I've learned a lot uh, from him and just, you know, yeah. along the way mm-hmm. of like what is healthy, but um, still like he's our you know in-house nutritionist and then in terms of taste it also has to Pants. fit the same bar that I would defer to Jordan for all yeah. you know, whenever we're developing new menu items that they have yeah. to sort of meet the nutritional guidelines that we stand by but you know, Jordan's sort of the expert there and then on food, you know, before Springbone opened and I had basically three meals a day there um, I was pretty picky, you should say, about where I would eat um, and both in terms of quality, um, of taste and health, but still, you know, everything we're putting out has to meet that same, uh, sort of flavor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My friend, um, Phoebe, do you guys know Phoebe? She has this book, she wrote this book called the wellness project and her whole thing is to blend her health and her hedonism. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Taste and pleasure are really important, and we have, yeah. you know, so few sensory pleasures in this world. To so deny yourself those for wellness isn't good, Absolutely. and actually not good for mental wellness. And that's kind of like yeah. been my whole thing. Yeah. And so she's all about blending those two things, in which she calls like her health and her hedonism. It sounds like the two of you have that built into your friendship and like kind of where your hobbies lie. Yeah. Which is so perfect. Have, I
0: think we have a slightly different take on it, but like spring philosophy is that like eating healthy isn't should really should never taste bad yeah like that our bodies are actually evolutionary designed to enjoy healthy food yeah so of course you know with modern you know industrial food processes we found really like delicious unhealthy foods like doritos that are just you know can't. Hyper-palatable. Yeah, hyper-delicious, and, like, they, you know, your taste senses explode. But there's nothing more delicious than, like, a great roast chicken. Yeah. You know, just, like, right out of the oven, moist, juicy, and there's nothing more healthy either. Yeah. So that's sort of where Springwood's trying to find those kinds of items, where there's really no conflict between pleasure and health, and you don't have to choose, and I don't think... I think nature has evolved in a way that you shouldn't have to. Yeah. So we're trying to play off that.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting that that's the concept for your restaurant, because I think that's a really great concept for a human being, you know? And I think I talk about this a lot in the podcast because it's kind of been my, like, journey. I hate that word, but I feel like it's overused, but that's kind of the best one I can think of right now, of... And and I've found so many people who listen to the podcast and that I've just met in life who have had a similar situation where, like you were saying, and it was the same for me, actually, at the end of college, I was like super into wellness and super into all these things to a fault where I didn't really have a life. And I think that's when it gets complicated because then it's not healthy at all. It's actually like really damaging for your mental wellness, for your relationships, for your creativity. It's taking over everything. So I think... I love that about you guys, and I said this to you when we met the first time, is the space is so inclusive and it doesn't feel like you're walking in somewhere that you can't be unless you eat a certain way or you can't be unless you you know, ha- are in a certain like social class, like it's so inclusive and it's, it, you can really feel that when you walk in. So how did you guys decide how you wanted the space to feel? Was that a conversation that you had?
2: Yeah, I mean, we started with what's the food we're serving and what's kind of the implied customer that that's going to create. Yeah. So we thought bone broth as a primary product sounds really intimidating. It has bone in the name, a lot of people don't even know what it is, uh, like, are we eating bones are we yeah, drinking bones? it sounds bones? very so scary. It kind of, right. So we wanted to go the complete opposite route with the design of the space where we said, all right, if the food might sound intimidating. We want the space to look kind of really bright, really clean, really warm, um, like trending towards feminine over masculine. um, And that way it kind of offsets like, Mm. you know, if we made it look like a a butcher shop, I think it would have fit for bone broth, but it would have scared a lot more people away and people who otherwise would never have discovered or tried it.
1: Yeah, I really love that. What about the name? How did you come up with Springbone?
0: We were, I think it's really comes down to the same thing of trying to take, you know, what, what we were making and make it feel fresh and revitalizing and sort of happy and exciting. Yeah. And the, you know, there's a lot of brainstorming, but spring sort of encapsulated all of that in terms of, you know, first of all, the recycled nature of mm-hmm. bone broth. You know, we're taking bones that oftentimes will be discarded um, and we're, bringing them to life again, creating a new product from them. So that sort of is one meaning of Springbone. Yeah. Um, and then obviously what it does sort of for your body and how it creates you know, new life yeah. and health and uh, regenerates.
1: So. so for people listening who aren't in New York City or haven't been to the space, I feel like we should have maybe done this at the top of the show, but give me kind of your elevator pitch for Springbone. What is the food there? Why is it so amazing? I'm happy to tell you my favorite menu items, but you have a mean avocado toast, the ice cream, I wanna like have a whole question about that. But how do you guys develop the menu? What is like how do you, each of you, like if you're meeting someone and someone's like, oh what do you do? and you're like, oh I own a restaurant, and they're like, Oh, what's the restaurant? Like, what would you say?
0: I mean, not to be like coy, but I think it's so simple. Like, we're just taking natural food, we're not adding anything to it, and we're serving it in a sort of simple way that you would probably make at home and we're just doing it in a restaurant so that means we're not adding anything that you wouldn't add and we're just we found a system to do it in an efficient fast way so like everything's fresh everything's coming out the door really quick but you know we're doing that with broth we're doing that with roast chicken we have a lot of special things like ice cream which we can talk about (laughs) that's totally different but like the majority of our food involves us taking really high quality ingredients, cooking them very simply, and plating them for you in a simple way so that you can eat them on the go. That's it. And
1: I think it's so perfect for New York City because that's what I want is someone to just like cook for me the way that I would want to cook for myself, but I don't because I don't have time and I don't cook and I sometimes it's just easier to not have to and every time, and eating in a restaurant is fun and that's great, but that's like a different thing. That's like when I wanna have an experience, but since I'm eating out so much here now that I live here, I really appreciate the work that you guys do with your space because I can eat the way I would wanna eat just for myself quickly and someone else will do it for me. That and, that's,
2: and that's really what drives like our menu and, and how we update things. It's, we're really just like feeding our own desires because we eat there pretty much every day. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what are we craving now? What can the menu use? What can be new? Um, And a lot of the genesis for Springbone was, you know, working in Midtown in an office and looking around at what the lunch options were Mm. and just being really disappointed by even like the so-called healthy places, really finding out kind of what ingredients they were using and what fillers and oils they were cooking in. And it was never really a great answer. So when we were trying to, you know, start Springbone, it was like, well, what would we, what did we really want? And like, what would we make at home if we had the time to? Um, And that's kind of. I think the whole purpose of a restaurant is just to, to do what you don't want to do.
1: Yeah, I had this friend here and he was telling me, he was like, when I moved here, he was telling me about like, oh, you know, for laundry, do this, for this, do this. And he's like, you know what, Katie, there is a service in New York City that will do everything for you because people in New York City just will pay a lot of money to make the problems go away. And I feel like it's another, like, it's a way to make your problem of like wanting to eat well and not cook for yourself. and. Yeah. Something that I really, I wanna talk about ice cream and like some of the more novelty things that you guys have that are still really healthy and and also delicious. But the interesting thing I think about Springbone for me and why I think it's so attractive to me is with, there's so many salad places, right? And there's so many ways you can get colder food, but there's something about a warm meal. There's something about a hot meal that for my brain like signals to me that I like actually had a meal. And there's something yeah. about, and I, I've actually read in a lot of eating disorder, this book, I don't remember what book it was. I can probably find it, but there was some kind of study done that says it doesn't actually trigger to your brain that you've eaten unless you have something hot with whatever you're ever you're having. And I totally find that to be true. And I even like having like tea or something warm. And there's something, there's something about that that's just so nurturing to me, especially here. It's not this time of year, but in the winter that I feel like sometimes I can have a a salad and just like feel like I didn't even eat anything.
0: I don't think we've ever talked about that explicitly, but I think at least for me, I totally agree, and I feel like we probably both do because we almost don't have anything entirely cold on our menu. Even yeah. our salads, we have two salads, both have sort of warm additions um, to them. You know, our root cellar salad right now has roasted root vegetables, and our steak salad has fresh hot steaks, so, you know, we're not serving in any of our mains as cold dishes, and I think that is sort of part of our identity. I don't usually, like, think about that, but now that you mention it, it is.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try to find that article and figure out where it is, because I think it'd be interesting to send to you guys. I think we should just be really kind of uh, mean to the people listening or maybe in their cars driving and just, like, make everyone really hungry and talk about... (laughs) Some of the menu items so the bowls are really cool because they all come with a side of bone broth and there's a million different beautiful kinds of bone broth on your menu you have a vegan bone broth you have you guys will know the menu slightly better than i do but i know it pretty well tell us about these bowls and tell us about the different kinds of broth
2: yeah so the bowls like sam was saying earlier are are really quite simple um there's usually you know some of them have a base of maybe wild rice and lentils or black beans Uh, The meat that we buy is really good quality, so it'll be like organic chicken that we brine overnight or 100% grass-fed meatballs that we make in-house. And then as many veggies as we could possibly get in there, because I think that's what kind of everyone agrees on, no matter what your diet is, is that you should have more veggies. Um, And then when we were developing the menu, you know... We, we sell bone broth by the cup, which is great for a lot of people and you pick it up on the go and you sip on it and whatever, but not everyone wants to buy a cup of bone broth and some people are just coming in for lunch. So we thought giving a little shot on the side of the bowl was kind of the perfect opportunity to like get that little bit of hit of nutrition, that little bit of warmth, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and because our bowls are hot and kind of savory, the broth goes really well with them. So we usually recommend people to actually pour it some of it over the bowl and you get kind of that added flavor and i think it's just a nice way to incorporate something that has been marketed as you know as just like a standalone health drink as just how you can incorporate it into other things uh, and other foods
1: and that's another thing i really that you mentioned that i really love about the space and what you guys do is you've really thought about all different types of diets there's something that will meet everyone's needs from vegan to paleo and like everything in between. Yeah. Was that something that you guys thought about right after that? That was
2: intentional. I yeah. mean, you know, there are, there are certain commonalities that most people agree on, but then there's just, you know, it can go any direction and you can't please everyone with every yeah. single item. Um, so we try to just give as much variety as possible, um, for whatever your like dietary restriction is or, or even just taste preference. preference. Yeah. Um, Or what you're
1: feeling that day.
0: We've we've created a lot of optionality in terms of like substitutions because we understand some people are, you know, okay with dairy, some people aren't, some people are okay with grains, you know, like wild rice, but some people are completely,
2: uh, grain free. So we have a number of like grain free options. Um, The kind of the commonality amongst all of it is that we just try to choose like the highest possible, like. Like state of each ingredient whether it's like a vegetable being organic meat being grass-fed like the rice being wild rice Rather than just you know kind of cheap fillers uh, that a lot of restaurants go for
1: it sounds like to you, from what I've seen on your menu that you really get inspired seasonally by farmers markets and what's in available like I saw I, and I missed it I don't know if you guys still have it but you had like an apple ice cream recently yeah
0: we I I, I went apple picking and I brought back like 30 pounds of apples so we had to use them <laughs>
1: that's amazing do you still have the apple ice cream
0: no it oh, was right. it was like a, only there for a week
1: all right um, let's talk about this ice cream so when did you
0: get the idea for the ice cream cream. so we we knew we'd be somewhat of a seasonal restaurant with you know bone broth being such an important part because while a lot of people do drink broth all year round a lot of people start asking for it and start coming for it in the fall Mm -hmm. and winter so we wanted to have sort of another special thing that we could have in the summer and something that we loved is ice cream, so, you know, like, dairy doesn't respond very well to me personally, but I love it, Um, and we both, you know, we're trying to avoid sugar, so ice cream sort of a double whammy, so we started for, really, a year and a half, two years, we were struggling with to find the right recipe, and I think we finally did. It's so good. But, um, yeah, so we have a coconut-based ice cream that is soft-serve that's sweetened with maple syrup. And we have, you know, five flavors, we've probably tested more than that, but we've served five that have been consistently in the rotation. Yeah. Um, chocolate is definitely uh, one of our favorites. Um, just a great blueberry flavor, strawberry rhubarb, we've done key lime, we've done Ooh. a coffee mocha uh, we've done banana, we've and done peach, safe. so we've done, done a lot of flavors, um, and it's something we sort of had all this the summer, but, you know, as anyone who comes spring on a lot knows, the soft serve, A, when, when it's there, sells out <laughs> yeah. a lot, um, but it's also, s- like, because we're literally making it fresh every morning when we get there, you know, we don't always have it, and then sometimes, you know, ingredients run out, and sometimes the machine doesn't work, so it's, it's a labor of love, but, when you get when it's that good cup, it's, it's good <laughs> it's, it, I'm not kidding I am, I'm a real like foodie food slum it's one of the best ice creams it is, I've ever had in my insanely life it's
1: insanely good it's why I came in in the yeah. first place was to get that ice cream yeah. and it did not disappoint are you going to have it all year round
0: um the plan was just to have it in the summer mm-hmm. I think we need to think about it yeah listeners I would be, in I would like to come in to come in the in, winter and keep it going. I would get
1: ice cream and then a bone broth to have right after. Yeah. And you also, speaking of hot things that you have, you have Taro, recent podcast guest, his Four yeah. Sigmatic drinks as well. Yeah, we have
0: two, we have two mushroom based teas. We have a... Uh, chaga tea that we get from Four Sigmatic yeah. and a reishi so we do a hot cocoa reishi where we add some cocoa good. powder and yeah. we do a vanilla chaga as well it's both delicious Those
1: are that's what I get every time I come in is those two things and ice cream if, if you have it yeah. but those two are my favorite things and I, yeah. I don't know anywhere else in the city I think Tara told me that there's one other coffee shop other than you guys that has it but it's rare to be able to find like a, a mushroom exeller drink around so yeah i mean you know props to him and the team at four sigmatic for making it you know
0: easy for yeah. some place like us it used to be a much more difficult process to you know take a actual chaga mushroom and turn yeah. it into tea it would take you know days and it was a complicated process yeah. now it's just you know they've done the hard part for us
1: yeah so. okay i want to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning a little bit and You said you're in Italy, toying around with the idea of potentially working together someday. And Sam, you were like, that's a terrible idea, it's going to ruin our friendship. So now, you've worked together for how many years? Two...
2: I mean, from starting to work on this, uh, at least two
1: years. Two years? So how is the... We're going to put some light on here so we're not sitting in the dark. Um, whoa! Cold change. Huge change. Now we can actually can actually be in person. And uh, like, <laughs> I've never recorded a podcast in the dark, so yeah, that was cool. cool. Okay, so how has it been working with your best friend? How has the friendship been? Have you had to like create boundaries with that?
2: Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's I would say it's gone well overall. There they're obviously certain like having a friendship is very different from having yeah. a partnership. So I think the the first thing we kind of realized was just how to deal with conflict because, you know, running a restaurant or creating a restaurant, there are always going to be things we disagree on, whether it's, you know, I don't like the taste of this, or I think we should, you know, just add this design to the restaurant. There are just so many decisions to be made. So you kind of need to have a way to resolve it when one person feels really strongly one way and one person feels really strongly the other way. So what I think we've gotten really good at is kind of conceding, like, getting a sense for how the conviction of the other person on a particular decision and then kind of conceding where you maybe are you know have a little bit less conviction and you'll get the next one and i think we've also done a good job of just moving past any conflict uh, the next day so in the restaurant business you know things are stressful we're you know we're often really busy and Sam and I work behind the counter, helping you know make orders and expedite and run the show back there. When things do get heated, um, we're I think we've done a really good job of kind of understanding that whatever happens is in the moment and it's not going to really affect how we act towards each other the next day um, or even you know later that night. Yeah. Um, So that's what I think we've done a a good job of. Um, What have we done a bad job of?
0: (laughs) No, but other than that, I mean. It is really fun working, you know, with your friend. It's uh, it's great, you know. A lot, in previous jobs, you you know, I've become friends with the people right. I work with, but it's great where you know the person you're working with, you know, very well, and yeah. you guys really understand each other, and it sort of helps you operate on another level. So it definitely has a lot of positives for the business, right. and in terms of the friendship, it
2: also means we just hang out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also nice because having both grown up in the city, you know. We share a, a lot of the same friends, we, we kind of have a friend group and they come to the restaurant all the time and our family comes cool. so it really fosters like a, a nice environment especially yeah. on the weekends when people aren't working.
1: What about like transitioning out of work talk? Does it ever happen where one of you is like trying to still talk about a work thing and someone's like out of that mode? Have you had to just be like, okay we're gonna hang out right now and not talk about work? Has that had to be a boundary or...? I think
2: owning a restaurant is is a lifestyle, I mean, it's it basically becomes your life, mm-hmm. so there's no real turning off from it, but talking about it doesn't necessarily feel like work either, yeah. um, just because it's, it's just, it's kind of blended into the friendship and into the relationship where it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you need to turn off one part and turn on the other part, they've mm-hmm. kind of just become one new way of relating to each other. Yeah. I think the other thing is like, we are actually working on our passion, so like it literally,
0: is a very fluid boundary between... We'll start talking about something else that's a hobby, something we're doing, something we're passionate about, but it probably in some way touches Springbone, Yeah. you know? It's probably something sort of similar, so, like, there is no real... Like, it's always... It's interconnected, in yeah. yeah.
1: What and about your... What we were talking about in New York, having the accessibility to places like Springbone, What is your grand vision for Springbone and the next steps? I think you guys, can we share this on the podcast exclusive that you're starting a second location?
0: Well, we're, you know, I mean, I I think our friends know this. I don't know how many people outside of our friend network knows, but we are actively looking for a second location. We don't have one secured, but we, that's 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 how we spend a lot of our time. We definitely want there to be a second one. Um, So we're trying to, it's going to be in New York City, probably somewhere near like an office center. Can't really say more than that, but, uh, you know, we started this when we were both stuck at our desks working like 12-hour days and ordering on seamless and, you know, really unhappy with, you know, how that affected our bodies and our health. Um, So we want to bring this food to more people. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, beyond that, you know, who can really say what the grand goal is? I think it's one step at a time, but right now I think we want to open a second one.
1: Yeah. Do you have a vision to bring this to, you know, there's so many places in the country outside of New York City that really are food deserts almost. Like they don't have even access to some of the things, not only just like specialty things, but just healthy food that's Affordable and they're able to get and prepare for themselves. Do you see yourselves franchising this or trying to bring this to more people in the future?
2: It's not something that we've spent a, like time actively working on. Um, yeah. it's, it's something I would, yeah. I would love, you know, I would love for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think along with that it kind of requires just a change in the entire food system and, and like and, and agriculture across the US. Right. Because the reality is, you know, the meat that we're buying and we're serving, it's hard, you know, it's it's a lot more expensive than what most restaurants are buying. So to bring that to which, you know, we, we used to call Midtown Manhattan a food desert, but relative to, you know, going to the Midwest or, you know, just small rural areas um, where all they have is fast food, it doesn't even compare. So I think what I like about what we're doing and the way we're doing it is that I think it just, it just kind of exposes this type of eating to more and more people. Um, and those people will hopefully have kind of a, you know, a, an exponential effect on, on just people who are talking about these issues. Um, and then hopefully it can slowly change the food system so that, you know, higher quality meat or eating more vegetables just becomes more affordable in general. And then it can be a lot more practical to actually open more restaurants in places other than the middle of New York city or the middle of Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. Well said. It's like voting with your dollar. Um, the the things that we want. Okay. So what would you guys say, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs? If someone has an idea, they want to start something maybe with their friend, what would you say to someone maybe a couple of years ago? So
2: I've, I've a lot of thoughts on this. Um, uh, So first of all, Sam and I, neither of us had any experience in restaurants or food and we didn't really have any connections. We maybe knew like one person who had a restaurant who wasn't a close friend. So we were as amateur as it gets when it comes to starting a new business and knowing what you're doing. So I think for one, you shouldn't be intimidated at being a novice because there's a lot that you can learn on the go. I think you should, you know, you should know your limitations and know that you know nothing and ask a lot of questions. Um, but don't let that deter you. I agree, Like
0: we came in not knowing anything about how to run a restaurant, mm-hmm. but we didn't at all, like, that was not daunting to us, because you know, I think an entrepreneur needs to trust in their own judgment that they have a vision, mm-hmm. um, and they need to trust that their vision is valid, and then they just need to operate off that, off that principle. And everything we did, it didn't matter how other places did it, you know, we trusted our vision. You know, we made changes along the way. We learned along the way, but we trusted that you know this void we felt like needed to be filled was real, and um, we kept driving towards that. So, you know, the way we make our food, I, I don't think is the way other restaurants make their food. I think like our our model um, yeah. in the kitchen is probably not typical, but it works for us and it it was made specifically for the type of food we're serving and you know maybe two years in culinary school I might have learned a better way to do it but I think common sense goes a really long way Um, and when you feel like you um, have a problem that you need to fill and I think every entrepreneur does um, just by spending time working on that you'll figure out a system that works for you so I think to you know totally agree with Jordan. Don't let a lack of experience deter you. I've spoken to some friends who, you know, hope to open a business, quote unquote, one day, yeah. and I always tell them like, now is the time. 21st century is never. There's never been a time more forgiving of young 20-something entrepreneurs. There is a lot of people who are, you know, interested in funding startups now, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many resources you can literally like learn anything online any problem you need you can find people you know people easily you can find resources like i don't think you need to wait until you're 40 years old anymore to say i now have the experience yeah. to do something i think you really can jump in and you know kick that process into hyper speed. so yeah people should go for it
1: yeah i i think it's inspiring to hear stories like this for anyone, like regardless of the field that they want to start something in, just to see like two people who had an idea that were excited about it, that were friends, that just decided to do it. And I think that I don't know, I think that Harry I never get sick of hearing stories about like someone who followed what they wanted to do because I didn't really have that modeled for me growing up. Like I didn't know anyone who was an entrepreneur, like both of my parents like worked the same job for 30 years and I just didn't know that that was an option. And I think a lot of people, like you guys in college, just like do the thing that seems safe because, you know, yeah. we want security, we want safety, and then it's, what you're doing is really risky and it's great to see it working out and people hearing about it. And not that to say it's always easy. Um, i be just, honest,
0: it's really fun also. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed my job before this. I've always sort of liked what I was doing. But this is so much more fun. Yeah. So, if anyone's like unhappy in what they're doing, sort of being your own boss and like when you're working for something that you really believe in that is your baby, it just, yeah, it's really fulfilling and it's fun on a day to day basis. Yeah.
1: So well, I speaking of, of being a boss, you guys now have to manage a whole team of people. So, how has that been? How has it been Hiring and managing the people that you work with, and how do you guys divide and conquer like the two roles that you have within the company?
0: I think that's probably been the most challenging part because that I think you know experience does help there, and we have no experience in that. Um, and it's just it wasn't that wasn't the reason we started this. We started this because we wanted to bring this kind of food to more people. We right. didn't bring because we wanted to be a boss. Yeah. You know, I speak for myself. I'd rather never be a boss and never manage anyone, but that's not practical to do what we want to do. Um, so that is really hard, and that's probably one of the hardest things about running your own business. But it requires a lot of like act. I think it's kind of like being a good parent, being a good spouse, mm-hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, it takes work. It takes conscious effort. You need to be you're in any other any right? relationship. Yeah. You need to think about how you speak to people and you know, like I've read managerial books, you know, that I used to think were like silly and minor, but like, you need to really think about how yeah. you act as a manager. You can't wing it. You can't, you know, maybe some people can, but I think it's the kind of thing where you really need to think and control your thoughts and actions. Cause you know, it's, it's
2: just the whole new thing.
1: Yeah, that um, makes that makes a lot yeah. of sense.
2: It's weird because you think of yourself, or, you know, I think of myself as just a person, and it's weird to think that there are other people who are thinking of me as, you know, they have me in their phone as the boss. So right. you kind of have to reframe just it's your whole identity, like yeah. how you're coming off to other people. Um, whereas, like, you may be able to say something one way to a friend when you're saying it to your employee whose salary you pay. Yeah. It's just a different mentality.
1: Yeah, and that you're, it's, it kind of feels weird because you're not Always aware of it, but you yeah. become aware that they're aware of it in that way. It's an interesting, yeah. it's an interesting place to be. Does one of you mostly deal with the personnel things, and one of you deal with, or do you divide all of the roles?
0: I'd say within like managerial stuff, we have like different sub roles. But I wouldn't say it's like we both do a lot of stuff that are like, yeah. like in Like terms of payroll, Jordan does payroll. Yeah. You know, there's like specific tasks to. that yeah. are divided up yeah but we we're both very like present in the store and both have close relationships
1: with everyone everyone knows both of you very it's not, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so I want to ask you the questions I ask everyone but first of all tell me do each of you have a favorite menu item right now or something that like you I'm sure you have things if you eat there mostly every day you probably have tried everything but is there something that each of you is like your go-to
2: I have the scrambled eggs every day for probably the last like nine months at least which is crazy because I'm not a big egg person Mm -hmm. um but I've just discovered a way to so we cook them a little bit differently than a lot of like, when you get them at a diner, we do a soft scramble, so they're really, like, not hardened when they get to you, which I don't understand why every restaurant doesn't do that, because it's delicious, um, and people comment on it all the time, like, why are eggs so good? Why are they, like, softer? I want to try
1: them. Um, you should
2: try them, um, and I have kind of a weird hack right now where I, I add hummus to the eggs, because we, we added hummus to the menu in a lamb bowl a couple months ago, Yeah. Um, and I started doing Rachel's that. Rachel's bowl, right? The Rachel's bowl. Yeah.
1: Um, and and it's amazing. Ooh, okay. Yeah. My boyfriend's like obsessed with hummus. So I feel like he, I think it it
2: goes with almost everything and definitely goes with scrambled eggs.
1: Okay. Yeah. What about you? I remember you were having the spaghetti. I don't don't think hummus goes with scrambled (laughs) eggs. (laughs) Really?
0: But try it both ways. Um, I, my go-to is probably the Mexican bowl or the racial bowl. Both. I can have every day for lunch or dinner, you know, just super delicious. Mexican bowl um, is wild rice, black beans, roasted chicken, homemade pico de gallo, homemade salsa verde, homemade guacamole. Really delicious. And now um, people are hungry. <laughs> yeah. And the Rachel Bowl, which we did, um, collaborated with Rachel Mansfield. She came into the restaurant and we were. I was talking to her and it was like I was curious what what would be sort of like your dream bowl. I thought she may have a good idea. And she came and she's like let me think about it I'll come back to you she came in with one of her i guess favorite recipes and i was like "That sounds amazing and we don't have anything like it so it's a lentil tabbouleh and a cauliflower tabbouleh so tabbouleh it's like a middle eastern grain parsley mm-hmm. dish we're doing it without the grain so we make two one replaces cauliflower for the grain and one replaces lentil um, so really delicious really fresh we make them every day they're always so good Um, and then we have these sort of spiced lamb meatballs which are really nothing but uh, grass-fed ground lamb with a bunch of sort of middle eastern spices and we have homemade hummus and tahina and a maple glaze that goes just like a drop on each meatball Uh, really delicious but my favorite thing the menu is not on the menu right now and it's going to be in a couple of weeks, so maybe by the time people are listening okay. to this, it's Exclusive. our it's our chili bowl. Ooh. So people may remember it from last year. Okay, um, seasonal. It's a seasonal thing. I think we have the best chili on the planet.
1: Very exciting. Yeah.
0: So it's a it's a ground beef chili, um, and it's really beefy and just a little bit spicy and really delicious.
1: Nice. Are we going to have a let it out bowl in the future? Perhaps.
2: Definitely could. <laughs> we should talk about that. All <laughs> and time. let it out ice. let it out ice cream
1: flavor. Yeah. We Exclusive. Talk about it. Um, dreams, goals. Okay. Now I have to ask you the questions that I ask everyone. So we'll do these sort of as quick fire, but take your time. I'll warn you, they get more. Do we each, do both. Yeah. Each of you do both. They get more challenging as we go, so I like to warm you up a little bit. Okay. Favorite color.
0: Blue. <laughs> Me too. Okay.
1: <laughs> you guys really are best friends. Favorite day of the week?
2: Sunday. Okay. Can, should we give reasons or just answer the question? Yeah, I want to know why. Because uh, New York City is a crazy chaotic place and Sundays just feel so much calmer. Yeah. Um, I think because there are barely any trucks in the city and mm. people are kind of getting ready for the week. Um, and we also don't have the Sunday dread because we don't have conventional jobs yeah. where, you know, Monday is the beginning of the week. Every day is kind of a work day. So just something about Sundays, especially, you know, where we are springbones right off Washington Square Park, which is always just really charming on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so there's just a, a different feeling uh, that I love.
1: There really, it, it feels quieter and calmer on Sundays. It really does feel like that here. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of everywhere, but there is something about that in the city i have noticed. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we you answer the question, let's talk a little bit about New York City. It made me think of that. Yeah. You guys are are from the city, grew up here, always around the city. What do you love most about living here? As someone who just moved here, why is it... Someone told me that New York City is built on a crystal. Have you ever heard that? So that's why it feels so magical no. here. <laughs> um, but like, why does it feel so magical to you? What are some of your favorite New York moments? What do you love about the city?
0: Yeah, I mean, New York City is amazing. I I think partially it's just that like it's home to us. So, mm-hmm. you know, it somewhere where you grow up and you have memories sort of on every block and every neighborhood makes it so special for me. And I think, um, you know, but that, that's sort of personal, but for everyone, I mean, every block has character in New York city and every block has action. Every block has its own sort of reason for you to go there. Um, and I've lived in a lot of other cities and I've never seen any city that has that where there's something special everywhere. Um, and it's like endless, so you're always discovering. Like I remember, you know, through high school, even even now, a little less than now, but like in high school, I always felt like I was constantly discovering little places, little streets. Yeah. So I just felt like an explorer in New York, because there's yeah. so much to find, and I think, you know, for people, I think I'd say that takes at least 25 years to go away. So, so you know, if you recently moved to New York, like you, I yeah. think you have 25 years to look forward to have a feeling of like always discovering something. Yeah. So, it's it's a pretty special city. And then obviously, I mean, the food scene, the culture scene is yeah. unparalleled, and there's just vibrancy on the city, if vibrancy on the street. You can just see like so many people are passionately going about their lives. Um, it's a really special place to be
1: yeah I think it's so interesting what you said about always discovering things because I think that really will never end even after 25 years because
2: be new, stuff. new <laughs> stuff's
1: constantly coming up yeah and I've, I've really been trying to walk on different because you know you have like the places you go to all the times so you, you walk the same way yeah, yeah I've been routes. like Forcing myself to go, because for so long I was like really tied to like what my phone told me to do because I just didn't know where I was, but now that I'm like yeah. understanding uptown, downtown, the avenues, the streets, I, like, I've got it yeah. most of the time. I like take a different street and there's so much to discover. I'm like, this is right here, but I wouldn't have known if I didn't walk this way.
0: Yeah, every block is packed with yeah. like gems.
1: And that's how I happened upon Springbone. Like I, I saw Rachel post about it, but I walked by and I saw the easel in the front with the the ice cream and I was like this is the place like I just (laughs) happened upon it which is such a New York magical thing you know
0: I mean I I still know I have not scratched the surface in terms of like how many cool little businesses and like special places there are in New York you just can't there's like little yoga studios in Hell's Kitchen that I've never been to where you know there's like someone who's owned it for 25 years and like it's their heart and soul has been poured into this place and they have I'm sure devoted you know, little community of followers who go every day, and, yeah. but like I've never stepped foot in there, and like, it doesn't need me, but if I did ever find it, find it, and you know, it would be amazing,
2: but yeah. New York City's full of those places. Jordan, Fenton, well. New York. So I'm a little bit of a New York City cynic, having <laughs> been here my whole life, but I do think uh, my favorite part of the city, or kind of just element, is how character building it is, just the fact that nothing is really that easy. Yeah. Um, It is. You you do find gems here and there, but it's, you know, living with so many people in this crowded little metropolis, um, just the everyday kind of life things that you need to do, whether it's getting around or buying groceries or moving, whatever it is. Yeah. it's, It's always a challenge and it kind of forces you to, it just, it really keeps you, like, on your toes in, I think, like, a positive way where you're always kind of growing and trying to figure out better ways to do things because it's not slow and it's not easy and you can't kind of get complacent because it'll just throw something at you, um, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I think it's like when I was moving here, I was like, it's good for my personal growth for me to be here. I think it makes you more resilient. And then it, it forces you to connect with humanity in ways that other cities I think don't just because you're walking everywhere you're like hugging people i was literally hugging someone in the subway (laughs) yesterday because there were so many people and anyway it's like right up in your face how connected we all are you
2: can't stay in a comfort zone
1: yeah 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 you have to leave it (laughs) okay so i didn't forget favorite day of the week sam i
0: think friday friday's just like i guess i still have that ingrained in me that feeling of like wow the weekend's coming even though we work seven days a week but um, I think you you know everyone else is feeling it and it creates a little buzz Friday afternoon. It's just an exciting time yeah. and okay. it feels like it's full of promise.
1: Yes, agree. Okay, favorite hour of the day? We just experienced like a really beautiful time of day.
2: Like yeah, desk. twilight is yeah. my favorite. Just I, I used to live in a building that was like facing west over the Hudson uh, and I got an amazing sunset view every day. Mm-hmm. So now I just try to catch it whenever I can. And I just. I just love it, and I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, it, like, feels like a magical time. Yeah.
0: I actually like, and this is new, but I like the, like, late morning, uh-huh. because that's when the fewest people are on the street, yeah. and it's before we get really busy, and it's, like, a nice, quiet time when I feel, like, grateful to be able to be just, like, out. The sun's out, and not many people, because of their, like, jobs get to just be on the street at like 10 yeah. 30 and I I like being able to yeah, just be like expensive. yeah it's 10 and i'm just yeah. leisurely walking around because we're not so busy yet and like i can just sort of take a minute and yeah. enjoy like the quietness of the day
1: yeah calm before the storm yeah okay what is one thing you wish more people knew about wellness
0: it's so easy it's so easy i mean i mean spring made it 10 times easier and if you don't live near spring it's a little harder but like it's still so easy to eat healthy and to work out and i think 30 minutes a day and a little more like thought into like where your go-to places are and you can live such a healthy life at least in new york city so i really think it's like people think of it as this like only crazy people who devote their lives to fitness and health can, like, you know, do it. But I think it's really so easy. There's so much out there now. You know, people like us who have made it their, you know, mission and their career to help make it easier for other people um, in fitness and food. And I think it's there's never been an easier time, at least in the past few hundred
2: years, to live a truly healthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah,
1: well said.
2: Um, I would say that it can be, that it's, enjoy, it's an enjoyable way to live, that it's not, it doesn't have to feel restrictive and like you're giving up everything that you love. I mean, first of all, I think like perfect is the enemy of the good, which I don't know mm-hmm. whose quote that is, but I always loved it. It's a good one. Um, that, you know, you don't, it's not like you can never eat food that you like or you have to yeah. be constantly exercising. There are broad strokes things you can do that make your life, that make you so much healthier and make you feel so much better. And also just, you know, I, I recently had a friend who I grew up with who had never worked out once in his life. He didn't have any serious health issues. He's always just been kind of a naturally skinny whatever. And he started going to the gym for the first time because one of his good friends became a personal trainer. And, and, he, and I saw him the other week and he told me, he's like, I can't believe I never really understood what this was all about. Like, you actually feel so good after this. And I, didn't, I thought you guys were all just doing this because you wanted to look good. Um, but I actually feel amazing and I wish I knew about this all along and that like really hit me as just like it doesn't it's not torture you know it's not suffering it's just you know you can you can feel good and live a natural healthy lifestyle
1: yeah and doing it in a way that you know I think well, we this is another question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast and it's most mostly women who I have on the podcast and we talk a lot about body image and we talk about You know, how the wellness industry and the diet industry can actually be really damaging for people in a lot of ways where, you know, it's just also prolonging what the media is telling us about how we need to look different or we need to change the way that our bodies are just for aesthetics. And I think, you know, as people into wellness and and people who own a business, like thinking about body image and being inclusive and focusing on how you feel rather than trying to manipulate your body's size and shape to look a certain way and knowing that body diversity exists and we all are meant to look different and that's okay and that's actually really beautiful because it would be so boring if we all look the same. Yeah. How do you bring that into, you know, your own lives? Is that something that you've ever thought about or when it comes to body image and, and food? Is that something that either of you have ever struggled with or even when like thinking about spring bone and how you wanted it to be inclusive there. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been sort of like on the bigger side, um, and it's crazy. Spring, and this is not at all to say that that's not like a good thing, but after spring going open, like, yes, eating healthy helps you lose weight, but that's not at all what it's about for us. I think for us it's about like performance from sort of an athletic perspective. We're both very, Athletic and we're sort of trying to be you know in like an optimal performance state and we're also trying to have like long healthy lives Yeah, so I think you know I have a lot of problems with like Fashion world and media and especially like for women and I tell my girlfriend's all the time and she hates hearing it, but like I think it's Disgusting like the you know, what you know women are sort of expected to look like and how they're expected to dress and all that But I think, you know, for me, everyone's goal should be to sort of be, be fit to like perform at the optimal level, whether you're a professional athlete or you don't even care. You should still be able to perform because we are like physical beings. And I think people are getting so separated from, you know, their own bodies and wellness should be all about know your body performing and part of that just means like living a long healthy life part of that means being able to run and do a pull-up and enjoy the outdoors and climb up a skateboard. mountain and skateboard and ski and whatever it is you want to do um, I think when you live a healthy life that you know your body will perform and it's going to feel amazing and it's going to open all these great opportunities for you so for people who are you know like they're have never achieved that level of like wellness. Um, I think they're missing out on part of what life is, which is a very physical experience. We're animals, yeah. you know. You know, we've evolved. Right. We evolved from like all other animal forms, and I think, you know, you need to to be to experience what life has to offer. You need to be healthy and fit.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, the, the other piece of that, we are animals, but we are also humans, and, you know, food is not just fuel. It's also connection and pleasure and so nostalgic, and it has all these other things, which I think is so great about what we were talking about earlier with, like, bleeding the two together. Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything you want to add to that, too, George? Uh,
2: well, kind of along the same lines, I, I always think, so, I, I love Teddy Roosevelt. I thought he was just a legendary human, so he had a quote saying that everyone should experience... Uh, I'm going to butcher it, but something like everyone should experience the the peak capabilities of their body and mind And and that's like a blessing of life So I think obviously everyone is so different and that peak is going to be different and everyone has different interests and different things That they want to pursue so like you were saying there are different body types uh, And just different different physiques and whatever but everyone should just kind of focus on what they want and and kind of What what their goals and dreams are and not worry about what the standard is and if you know if one person wants to be a CrossFitter and have giant muscles and be able to move a lot of weight, that's great for them. And another person wants to run a marathon and they have the opposite. However, it's great no matter what it is. But I do think that everyone should be conscious of that they have this control um, over over what they can become. Uh, they might not be able to be as fast or as muscular as some other person, but there's still a range for themselves that they can reach. They can either reach their peak or reach their valley. I think everyone should strive to get the most out of themselves, whatever that may be.
1: Okay, so another question that I love asking everyone is about morning routine. So what are maybe the first three things you do when you get out of bed in the morning and how that affects how the rest of your day goes? And then in the evening, what are the last few things you do before bed to relax and wind down?
2: So I am not a morning person. and I'm a, chron- I'm a chronically like Tight, stiff, I have a lot of like aches and pains. Um, so, for me to have a good day, I basically I start off with some caffeine generally, uh, mainly because I love the taste. I love the way it makes me feel. If I don't have it, I'm okay, but I just so I usually start with a cup of coffee. I use the AeroPress, which I'm obsessed with. I don't know if you've what ever that, used man? it. It's like this $20 plastic device. It's sort of like a French press, but you're like, it's a pressurized thing that like tube that you push into another one. It's very manual, um, but it's always gets rated by coffee connoisseurs as making like amazing coffee. I discovered it a few years ago and I I love it. And you can travel with it too, which is cool. Um, And then I I stretch. That's like my morning thing is to just get moving, like get blood flowing and get loose because if I, if I like just rush into whatever my first thing to do of the day is, my body will just end up hurting the entire day and then it'll throw my mind off. Um, but if I just get the blood flowing a little bit and like my limbs loosened up, I just feel totally different. And those are kind of the two essential components to start the day.
1: What about in the evening? How do you, in the day, wind down the last few things? I find the
2: evening easier. Um, I'm usually just really tired. So I don't, I don't find it that hard to get to sleep because I've, you know, I mean, if I haven't done anything that day, then it could be a struggle, but I usually am working pretty hard and exercising at some point and kind of just using up my energy one way or another. Um, I kind of just, I fall asleep in like 30 seconds these days. It's great.
1: I'm that way too. I can just like, I could fall asleep right now. Like, (laughs) like, you guys are very engaging, but I like, that's my point. I can, I'm like always, I can go down very easily. Yeah. What about you, Sam?
0: For me, like first thing in the morning, I, I just basically go to, I get dressed and I go to going right away and sort of there's always something and I just sort of don't like to waste any time and I just go right over and then I'll figure out sort of how my day will unfold from there. But
1: Are you usually the first one there?
0: No, no. Usually there's like people there who, you know, are either in the middle of opening or they've already opened and I just, you know, either we'll jump behind the counter and start helping or I'll see that everything's under control and then I can open up you know email or whatever I yeah. have to do but usually I don't I don't have like a, a morning routine I basically try and just start my day without any ritual
1: yeah cool what about in the evening what do you do to like wind down
0: I'm definitely a night owl so i like I very much enjoy a long evening so like even if I've had a long like day at work and it's 11 o'clock I'll still like hang out for like 3 hours at home and Basically just enjoy my time, whether I'm watching a movie, watching a show, listening yeah. to an audiobook, working out, just, you know, hanging out, anything. I'll, I like to, I don't, I don't get tired. Like, I can fall asleep easily, but I also yeah. don't get tired easily, so I like to enjoy myself sort of alone at night.
1: Cool. How do you guys handle stress? You own a restaurant and stressful situations, I'm sure, and just, like, being in New York City and a person in the world... Wherever you are, but what do you do? Do you? I wrote this book about journaling that that's really helpful for me So is writing ever something that you do? Are you guys in therapy? Do you meditate? How do you handle stress in your lives?
0: Like just sort of being active and you know, you can call it working out, but just like getting out and you know whether it's riding a bike or going to the gym Skateboard. or skateboarding <laughs> going hiking anything like that. I pretty much do something like that every day and I think that outlet sort of takes care of it for me because otherwise obviously we'll get stressed but I don't feel like there's an accumulation. Like yeah. in the moment it can be stressful but I think just being like active and having a lot of different outlets and hobbies, um, I never feel like stress is accumulating. Like
2: each day is fresh.
1: That's great. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: I've tried a lot of different things because uh, yeah. I'm very into just the world of self-help and self-improvement. Yeah, so I've yeah. tried like the full laundry list of of meditation and journaling and gratefulness and mindfulness and everything. Um, I've, for me getting into nature is probably the number one thing that I feel like my body and mind requires. So I try to, get out of the city or at least get to the park or somewhere with green and trees and like relative quiet yeah. and I feel that I just feel my entire body shift yeah, as too. soon as I'm in that setting and it kind of puts everything into perspective um, and then uh, one thing I've been doing recently so I'm, I'm really into Sam knows this I'm a fanboy of, of Tim Ferriss who's like the books and the podcast and I, I saw him like a month or two ago post something that he carried around in a couple of notes and one of them was a reminder and it said notice the best part mm-hmm. and i saw that and it really like struck a chord of me so the last at least few weeks i've been doing that and trying to like if i'm ever upset or whatever I think okay notice the best part Ooh, and it's so been good. so effective for me and yeah. like I- incredible and i don't know how long it's gonna last until my mind discards it and yeah. stops responding to it but that's been awesome recently Ooh,
1: i really like that i kind of did that today by accident I did- it's like a long story about to like lift all these boxes into this thing, whatever. And it was it was like so terrible. But I was like, you know what? This could be so much worse if it was not a beautiful day yeah, outside. Exactly. You know, like, There's always outside.
2: some good element. Always you can always find a bad part and you can always find a good part. Yeah. So if you try to tell your brain to look at the good part, I think feel like it's really helpful.
1: Yeah. And and I believe I think the universe is something we can like communicate with and have a relationship with and like send gratitude towards. And there's this great movie, my favorite movie is called happy thank you more please have you guys seen it Yeah. anyway you should watch it's good but there's this great monologue in it where they're saying that you know if you notice the good things basically more of them will come to you and if if we're paying attention and focusing on the things that we don't want more of those come to you so i have these little like what i call like happy thank you more please moments of the day of like more of this please, more please. Like after you you see something that you want and are grateful for, instead of just saying thank you, also say more please. Not for that exact thing to come, but that like energy or anyway. Yeah, I love that, that's awesome. Okay, so this is a good transition to this question. So where are you with spirituality, God, what you think happens when we die? Something we always end with talking about.
2: (sighs) Labels are tough and I, 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 My, I've always been a very like kind of logical. Like my Myers Briggs is like the logician, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of how I think about the world. Um, so I have, I have a hard time with God kind of making a strict decision where either yes or no, because I think it's impossible mm-hmm. to know for real. Um, so I've kind of sidelined that line of thinking and just focus more on like what makes me like kind of feel the best and feel like I'm the most fulfilled and like contributing to the world in a good way outside of some religious spectrum. I've been I've experimented a lot with meditation. I've never been able to make it a full-on habit, but I'd like to kind of keep pursuing it and see if I could like lock it in. Um, and I'm just Do naturally the the Dan
1: Harris's podcast.
2: I read his book 10% yeah. Happier. I
1: felt like you would like resonate with him.
2: Yeah, so I, I really liked his mindset and I feel kind yeah. of similar to that. Yeah, I really
1: remember
2: that. Um, I, I need a book of silent retreat. <laughs> at some he's, point. he's cool, yeah. I like yeah. what he says about meditation. Cool, yeah. I
1: like that.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, we both
0: grew up Jewish and, you know, pretty observant. We're less observant now, but I mean, I think whether, you know, even God aside, I think. Like the religion I grew up with is beautiful and wonderful, and it's created sort of a great life for me. So yeah. I'm sort of grateful to that, and definitely identify as Jewish, and I'm sort of proudly would say, you know, I have a religion, and plan to continue to, you know, observe it in a way that sort of is my own. Yeah. Um, probably not strictly traditional, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it. You find comfort in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so many beautiful things about it—history, yeah. tradition, my own family, the fact that like it worked for me and I got a happy life from it—and yeah. um, and there's just a lot of great values yeah. uh, to be found in it. So I think there's so many religions like that, and every religion, you know, if you if you channel it and like use it the right way, is wonderful. Yeah, so, take the good parts out yeah. of it.
1: yeah. The Dalai Lama said this thing once that somebody asked like, "What religion should everyone be in the world?" and he was like whichever one you grew up with, because it'll be most familiar to you. But, you know, if you had grown up in India, you probably would have been Hindu. Or if uh, you would have, you know, so it's like, it's just whatever works for you. Okay, so this will be your greatest lesson in in each of these categories. We did spirituality. Greatest lesson on family.
0: Like our greatest lesson?
1: Yeah, something that you want to share.
0: Family will always have sort of a place above friends and you know as you get older when you're like younger i think you think like friends are sort of you know your confidants and but as you get older you realize like the only people who will really mm. always be there um, is your family so you should sort of treat them i think as like your confidants and closest people because they are sort of forever so i think you need to you need to like value them and put in Put in, like, yeah. um, I don't know, you gotta, you, I guess, you need to put the work in and, like, build, make that relationship uh, the most special one. And I think, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was well said. I, I think sometimes, it's, especially when you're younger, you're putting in more to the friendships because you yeah, know that yeah. family will always be there.
0: Right. And then as you get older, you realize, mm-hmm. well, these friendships, people move away. And even if your yeah. family moves away, that obviously can happen as well. You gotta. They're the ones who, no matter where you are, will always be there for yeah. you um, emotionally. So, I
2: think everyone should invest
0: in that, those yeah, relationships.
2: I don't think yeah. I could really say it better than that. Yeah, um, that, that I, might all, drop. All I can say is I'm, you know, very Which grateful that I have a, a loving family that and I can be close to them all the time. And I, it, it's a, it's when I practice gratefulness, it's really great that I have. Uh, a close family because it's like the easiest thing ever to feel grateful for because yeah. it's just such an obvious like strong good thing in my life that it's just it's not even a question and yeah. so whenever I need that little jolt of like you know you, you should feel grateful for something I just think of my family and it, it, it's easy yeah. yeah I love
1: that okay this second to last question this is really just a way for you to recommend things to people in these different categories but I frame it this way you're trapped on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one book, one music thing, or podcast, or both, um, one movie, one TV show, and one food. What would it be? Oh, so hard.
2: Could we go category by category? Yeah,
1: one by one. I'll help you. So you want to do book first? Um... So really, just something you want to recommend to people. So just first thing that comes to mind that you really yeah, are liking my, recently, whatever.
2: My favorite book is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Okay. it's like he was a he's one of the more famous Stoic yeah. philosophers, and it was his personal journal um, while he was literally the emperor. Um, and and it's just it's basically like him trying to like goad himself into being a better Stoic, and I. I well, I can't really do justice to what Stoke philosophy is, but he's kind of just emphasizing his morals and his ethics, and, and it's also just really practical on how to get by on a day to day level. Um, and it's also a very short book, um, and I, it, it's something that I could just read over and over and over again. And like every time I read it, I just get something new out of it, so couldn't recommend that anymore.
1: Oh, cool. Love okay. yeah. that.
2: My favorite book is The
0: Corrections by Jonathan Franzen. and I'd say the characters probably exhibit the exact opposite Um, (laughs) of stoicism as found uh, in Marcus Aurelius' work but um, I think there's so much truth in it and he's such a genius at the way he captures um, what's going on in everyone's mind and it's, it's there's so much that is unsaid that's going on in our heads that I have felt and never been able but you know just day to day doesn't Bubble up to the level of consciousness, but great authors like him are able to bring that out yeah. in the many characters in his books. I think that's his best.
1: Okay, movie and TV show.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both of those. Uh,
1: <laughs> Give us a couple like top faves or things you think people should watch or that you love.
0: I definitely grew up on Seinfeld. It's a outside of my family, Jerry Seinfeld raised me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. know Seinfeld is definitely a huge part of making me who I am today so I think that's probably the greatest show ever um definitely recommend that and there's so many seasons and episodes for people to enjoy yeah it's a smart
1: choice on the island
0: yeah yeah Yeah. you can watch that for a while what about movie movie I think like the greatest movie ever is godfather part one that's I mean if you haven't seen it, definitely see it right away. I don't
1: watch it in a film like class. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but uh, it's 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 really one of those things where it's just too hard to Yeah to pick one. Yeah, yeah. I have like a, a movie collection at Ooh. home from before that became a totally um, worthless collection. I guess it's like a record collection. I get
1: now. rid of all my DVDs when yeah. I I get rid of most things I own when I go to New York City. So that's yeah. impressive to have. A collection in New York City <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's like yeah it's wide-ranging but um, if I guess if I have to take one to be able to take Godfather for one. You should do
1: springboard movie nights where people come eat ice cream and <coughs> we, have your so hair We have a wall, we a mural on it. I guess we
0: pull you can project put put a yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. projector down. That could be cool. It's a good idea.
1: Okay what would you want to share um, at movie night?
2: Well I was a film major in college oh. so I'm asked this question all the time like
1: I didn't know that. Every
2: first date that I'm on and I still don't have a good answer to it.
1: Okay, let's work um, on it. Let's
2: but, workshop it. But what I my go to recently has been it's not a recent movie, but what I has like come to my mind lately is Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which mm-hmm. was which was a French movie from like probably ten years ago. Okay. And it's Mostly shot from the perspective of a So there's a guy who I think he's like the editor or an editor of Vogue in the movie uh-huh. And he has a heart attack and and is paralyzed. Uh, he can only blink his eyes uh, And much of the movie is just shot from his perspective Where you're literally like the lens of the camera is, is his blinking and he ends up uh, Writing an entire novel his life story just through dictating through blinking Whoa. each letter to his nurses and it's based on a true story Um, I just thought like just the cinematography was amazing. Just such an original way of storytelling and I always that movie just always stuck with me for some reason. So that's that's my current (laughs) Go to recommendation.
1: That's a great answer for a
2: date. It it took some work. Yeah, it took some work to get there. (laughs) Started (laughs) Uh, with forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Okay, you've come a long way. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: And for television there's so much good TV these days, yeah, and my favorite sure. all-time show is Breaking Bad, also because its prime was kind of when I was in college studying film, and I just think the way they shoot it is, is the cinematography of it is unbelievable, and obviously the storytelling is amazing, so
1: yeah. it'll always be my favorite. I haven't watched it. It's a great show. I don't know if it's my thing, though.
2: It's not for everybody, yeah. but if, if, it, if it seems appealing, it, it will be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, how about um, music? podcasts what do you guys listen to
2: I love health and fitness podcasts just because it's my passion so uh, Tim Ferriss show Joe Rogan uh, Ben Greenfield it's a really good one
1: Do you listen to Sean Stevenson? I have not listened to that Check one. him out I feel like you you would like him He's done my podcast a couple of times I'll check it out Yeah Yeah I love podcasts though Okay I mean, it's just <laughs> let it out <laughs> Yeah let it out Um what about music?
2: pretty all over the map, if you, if, and I think this is also a tough question for people to answer oh, because it's, it's, nobody has just one, especially these days, like nobody has just one genre no, that they yeah. like. I think there's good music in every single genre. Yeah. Um,
1: Anything you just like have been listening to lately and want to recommend? So I've
2: been trying to learn the ukulele lately. Oh
1: cool, me too!
2: So. Yeah, <laughs> we should
1: like start a band.
2: We could start a, a terrible oh. band, probably. Yeah, my
1: I would I've got nothing good to contribute to the band. So I've <laughs> been trying
2: to learn like songs that I like that kind of fit it. So I like Sufjan Stevens has yes. a lot of like good guitar. Yeah. Um, that you can convert to the uke. So I've, I've been listening to a lot yeah. of him lately. I love him so
1: much. He's, He's from great. Michigan. Oh yeah, yeah, and he has an album. In yeah. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, it's <a> great album. <laughs> yeah. I listened to Sufjan the entire. We listened down there like when I drove out here. For some reason, we listened to like all his albums and. Yeah. He's my
0: favorite Yeah Um, Yeah, I think music, I'm all over the map I, recently I've been like into Bach And, you know, I like opera as much as I like, you know, Notorious B.I.G. So, all over the place Podcasts The only Mm -hmm. podcast that I like have consistently keep going back to is How I Built This Which Mm -hmm. just, as an entrepreneur, it's just really fun to you hear other people's stories but usually when I'm like listening to something it's not music or a podcast it's usually an audiobook cool I'm a big audiobook person I like, these, I like these mega so I usually read fiction and listen to nonfiction um, so I usually do these like epic you know thousand page biographies on audiobook so right now I'm doing John D rockefeller's biography oh, cool. by Ron Chernow called Titan uh, really Go good definitely recommend it I've done. His biography on Alexander Hamilton, which was then turned yes. into a musical, um, the uh, the biography series on Lyndon Johnson, awesome. So there's a lot of these like cool. epic biographies yeah, out there. That's 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 really cool. I really enjoy that genre. That's
1: cool. Um, what about food? What is like your last meal or some food that you never get sick of?
2: I I don't eat it that much just because you know I. I don't think it would have great long term consequences for me, but I, I mean, as a real New Yorker, I love pizza, and I think I've been to pretty much every great pizza place in the New York yeah. area. What's um, your favorite? DiFara in Brooklyn. Okay. It's a trek to get to, and it's
1: where in Brooklyn is
2: it? Uh, it's in like Midwood, like near Flatbush. Okay. Uh, it's like you can take the J train there, and it's this guy Domenico DiFara, who's now in his I think late eighties. Um, but came from Italy like 40 or 50 years ago and oh opened it. It's one of these classic like hole-in-the-wall places And he makes up until recently. He made every single pie by hand there oh, every day so cool. Now he's got like his kids helping him out oh, um, yeah. But it's really it's like it's not pizza. It's like this magical substance that I think better is than what better. you guys
1: had in Italy
2: Uh I don't we had, any, we barely, I don't were, any, yeah, we weren't like, in, like, a pizza, okay. yeah, we had amazing pasta in yeah. Italy, um, but this, to me, is, like, the, just unbelievable. And, and you have to go, you... It's everything from Italy. Wow. Yeah. And you have to okay. wait an hour and a half, and there's nothing to do, but it's, like, it's a day trip, and it's a okay. life experience. Cool. Yeah. Huh,
1: that's so cool.
2: Yeah, I also, Italian
0: food definitely would be, like, my favorite, if I could eat one thing every day and not have any... Consequences, it probably would be, you know, Italian. Probably shout out some of my favorite restaurants in New York City that I don't eat at that often just because they're my special occasion. Okay. Meals would be Il Buco, which is on Bond Street, not far from here, Lupa on Thompson Street, and um, uh, Via Carota. Okay. Um, cool. All downtown, amazing. Uh, really great Italian restaurants.
1: Cool. I got lots of suggestions. I was oh, I was weirdly thinking about you guys today, and I was like, I, I, I don't know if I like dreamed this or I maybe this is like a premonition for the future. But you guys had, I thought for some reason that you had a pizza item on the menu do you have like a cauliflower crust pizza or did i just like
2: not yet dream this okay
1: (laughs) well i i thought okay yeah maybe (laughs) Um, modeled after we can maybe get some secrets from the guy in brooklyn oh yeah okay you guys that was it thank you so much for doing this the last question as you know the name of the podcast is let it out so you do feel like you let everything out is there anything that you love talking about that you didn't get to talk about did I ring you dry for all of your wisdom anything else you want to say
2: I have no more recommendations
0: <laughs> this, this was so fun I feel like I could do this like every day so yeah, yeah. isn't it fun
1: it's yeah it's a great time it's, it, I, it's, my podcast is so long that we forget we're recording and then we're just kind of like here and um so thank yeah, you so you're much this a great, you're great.
2: great. You're a great podcast. yeah when <laughs> it feels like a conversation and not an interview I, that's like the ultimate yeah and, it totally is, it was just a conversation, yeah.
1: so. And people, like, your place is amazing, and obviously we love the food, but I think humanizing it, and really hearing about the people behind it, that's what makes me wanna come in, and I think that's what everyone else will think too. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right, that was my episode with Sam and Jordan of Springbone. I hope you guys loved it. I love them, I just think they're the coolest, and I'm so excited to hang out with them tomorrow, and hopefully you. See you tomorrow, 6.30 at Springbone. You can check out all the food that we just discussed. You can meet them. Like I said, I'll be there, of course, with my books and a bunch of past podcast alum and other listeners. It should be a really good time. And then hopefully again this weekend at Divvy's Kitchen, we can all get together once again. And last but not least, thank you so much to Frank and Witt for sponsoring this week's episode. I love their products. I really feel like... All their products would make great gifts, but their face masks in particular are fantastic. It's a self-care spa night you can create for yourself and it would be a really great gift. Like I said before, all their face masks use a superfood as their first ingredient. So think turmeric, matcha, cacao, those are just a few examples you really feel like you're doing something great for your body when you use these products and i think they would make great gifts so use the code katie at checkout for 20 percent off that's katie at checkout thank you so much frank and whit for sponsoring i love you guys and i love you for listening if you're new to the podcast and you liked it Check out the archives. If you've been listening for a while and you like it, maybe leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend or blast it out of your car speakers or your earphones on the subway. I don't know. I hope you guys liked the podcast this week, and I hope the technical issues were okay. Come to the, the meetup and let me know in person. Give me your feedback there. That's That's better than an iTunes review. Just come tell me. I can't wait to talk to you guys and hug you guys tomorrow. I love you. Okay, the emoji for this week's episode is the pizza because A, I don't think I've used that one before and B, we talked about pizza and Italian food quite a bit. Pizza it is. Tweet that if you are still listening to me rambling at me and at Springbone Comment on their Instagram to let them know that you finished the episode and let me know as well. I am at Katie DelBow on all social media. Let's be friends. Springbone is at Springbone. They're very active on Instagram. So follow them and tweet at them or Instagram at them, comment at them, message them. I don't know. Just send them the pizza you guys and I'll see you guys tomorrow at their space in New York. I really am so excited. And if you're not in New York, Hopefully we can do these meetups all over the country and world someday. I would love that. Tweet at me and tell me where you are and where we should do the next meetup. I want to come everywhere. So, all right. Talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye.